Welcome to the first ever Diary of a Middle-Aged Man podcast. Um, thank you for joining me, really. Um, so this podcast has been born out of um, thoughts that have, I've had for a long time to put a podcast like this out. As you can guess from the title, it is aimed at uh, sort of middle-aged and older men. And I thought, first of all, in this first episode, I would explain a little bit about who I am. So my name is uh, Steve O'Connor. I'm at 50 years old as of recording this podcast, and I think like many men uh, my age, um, I, I'm in that part of life that has been labelled um, by certain sections of society as the midlife crisis, and um, whether you believe that exists or not, I certainly don't, and I believe that there are other reasons for it, and they are the reasons that we will uh, discover within this podcast. I was born in Birkenhead on the Wirral uh, and uh, lived there with my mum and dad and my six sisters for, for most of my childhood. I was born to, to older parents and it's something that I've realised over the past probably 18 months or so affected me quite a bit um, and it wasn't until I sat down and, and talked to a uh, a therapist about that and I was like Jesus this this did actually affect me and again that is one of the themes that will come up within this podcast and I'm sure I will get to talking about at some point um, I went to a normal um, council run school and, and left school went on to a YTS from YTS then joined the Royal Air Force spent 10 years in the Royal Air Force doing various jobs from uh uh, counting nuts and bolts to uh, combat logistics and, and eventually serving out in Canada for a couple of years, at which point I left. Um, and I left the military feeling quite lost after being looked after, you know, on the YTS and then being looked after in the Air Force. You don't realise just how much those organisations uh, do for you un until you're, you're let out into the big wide world on your own. At the point that I left the Air Force, which was back in 2001, I was on my... <laughs> um, I, I just got divorced on my second marriage, I think, and I, I was starting my third. Um, spoiler alert, I, I'm, I'm divorced three times. Um, and, you know, I think those first two were certainly a product of my... Uh, immaturity and also being a member of the Royal Air Force and spending a lot of time away. Um, and again, these are themes that will will come up within within this podcast. Once I, I left, I started various different jobs from truck driver to security guard to hypnotherapist to DJ, um, all sorts of different things. And uh, at present, um, I'm one of the senior leadership team in one of the world's biggest 
cold chain organizations <laughs> and i often sit in these board meetings and uh, and these uh, senior leadership team meetings and think how the bloody hell did i get here um, and again these are all all things we'll, we'll discuss as regards imposter syndrome and as regards um how you can um, you know, elevate your career and what you need to do. These are all the the issues that I do want to cover within this podcast. Again, I'm not quite sure how I, how I well, I, do you know what? I'm lying. I am sure how I got to to that stage and and into a job which I now really really enjoy. That's not the sum total of me. Obviously, I am I'm also a uh, ultra runner. So um, six years ago, I went through a particularly bad. Is it seven years ago? Maybe seven years ago. And I went through a particularly bad illness. Um, straight out of the blue, which was mainly, I believe, caused by lifestyle, although the doctors at the time weren't quite sure uh, what caused it. And I ended up with about um, 20 pulmonary embolisms, so blood clots in my heart and lungs. Nearly a month in hospital, uh, told that I would never um, probably do any sort of strenuous physical activity again. And within about eight months of leaving hospital, I'd set my mind to running my first ever marathon. And then I took on um, a race called the Fan Dance Race, which was run by a gang of ex-special forces guys. and followed the route of the SES test march, test march across the Brecon Beacon. So... Yeah, so I'm a pretty determined guy. Obviously, have the the same sorts of problems and issues as as a lot of other people do as well, and they're the things that I do want to cover as we go through this podcast. I'm not sure how this podcast is going to develop. I'm not sure if it's just going to be me uh, going through my diary entries each week and relating them back to um, various different parts of my life and my past, um, or whether it is going to be um, we're going to have guests on as well. I think. I've got a few guests that I'd like to get on to discover various different uh, issues and uh, I think that's the way we'll go. But initially, what I'm going to do within this podcast is just go through my diary entries for the week, what I've learned for that week as well and hopefully um, what you um, have learned if you interact with this podcast as well. If you are listening, if you are the listener, (laughs) you can uh, drop me a message on Facebook or on uh, any of the social media channels and we can go through that. Like I said, you know, I um, have done various different jobs. I've had various different marriages, various different relationships. Um, and I got to a point probably um, about three years ago where I realised that I wasn't really sort of living my full potential and doing what I wanted to do with my life. And like I say, some people will call that a midlife crisis, but midlife crisis was a term that was coined back in the 1950s by a psychologist because he couldn't explain various aspects of what people were doing later in life. Now, if you think back to when you were a teenager, um, you went from that sort of childhood phase into that adult phase and you went through that order of change between, well, whatever, between somewhere between 10 and 20, you were going through that change. You were pretty um, unsure about what you wanted to do um, with your life and unsure about the world, unsure who to trust, unsure um, of the processes that you were to follow, unsure of yourself. And that was a period of change that you went through. And one thing I've learned over uh, over the, you know, the past few years is that these periods of change probably come along Around about every sort of ten to fifteen years. So if you look, and um, you know, you, you have that period where you're transitioning into an adult, and then you have that period probably in your thirties. I know thirty for me was a particularly um, 
grim age. <laughs> I remember getting to 30 and thinking, shit, this is this is crap. Um, my youth is gone and I'm suddenly old and here I'm 50 now. But yeah, I remember getting to 30 and thinking that as well and, and going through that stage. And that was the, about the time of my life when I left the Air Force and, and decided to pursue a uh, civilian civilian uh, life and yeah again think you know sort of mid to late 40s everybody um man woman um goes through those uh periods of change as well and you have gone from that period of your life early on where you are learning um to the period of life where you're just getting on and doing stuff and building your career and building yourself as a person and now you are in your sort of mid to late 40s um, and you are now wondering what you want to do because you've learned the things you want to do. You're probably at a point in your career where you're, um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, when you sort of get into 50, you're probably at a point in your career. That's probably your ceiling. That's probably where you're going to you're gonna end up if you are a senior leader, if you are a, um, a director. You're probably going to remain within that sphere for the rest of your working life um, and you're wondering what you want to do with that as well and I know for me I realized that I was in that time in my life where I wanted to develop other people and I wanted to teach other people what, what I did and it was you know the job I was in at the time and the relationship I was in at the time just wasn't allowing me that growth that I needed so there was massive changes I changed jobs I moved house um, I ended a relationship um, and ended up uh, exactly where I am now um, you know and it's taken probably about two years from making that change now to being truly happy um, there was definitely a fog uh, and I thought that there was probably something wrong with me I thought it was I was going through some sort of mental breakdown at times um, because I felt completely disassociated from life it was almost as if life was going on I was doing all the right things I was um, I was you know I was achieving things and I was you know getting out there whether it was um, physically I think that dropped off a little bit but I'll talk about that later um, but in my work life that was it was definitely on the up but I felt almost like I was a, I was an observer and I wasn't a part of that and it's only through um, actually going through that and probably in the past sort of six months or so emerging from that disassociation and emerging from that fog and, and, and coming out that I've realised what the actual stages were that were going on. So if you look at periods of change, we tend to think that um, we go through this period of um, where everything's great, where, where everything's fine, we're in a period of order. Um, and then you go through change, something happens, you decide to do something, somebody else decides to do something that affects you, and you go through this period of disorder um, where things are all up in the air and you've got to try and um, get things back. And, you know, people think that you go from order to disorder and then you get, you know, through that disorder, you then get yourself back on track and you're back in order again. And that's not what I've found the way, how, how things work. So you go through this period of order and you go through a period of disorder and then you go through a prolonged period of reorder so you um, aren't looking to get back to the way things were because obviously if the way things were was fine you wouldn't have gone through that period of 
disorder, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So you um, go through this period of disorder where everything is changing and then you reorder your life into a brand new normal, which should hopefully be better than your previous um, version of order. And, uh, you know, I was wondering, I, for, for a while, I was trying to get myself back to that period of order and I was trying to get myself back to that period of things being normal and things being as they were but the fact is I'd gone through a period of change so there was no way I was going to get myself or sh or should get myself back to that period of um, order or normality as it was I had to build that new reordered normality uh, which I'm in now which is um, in a place where I've got a job where I am now um, able to develop people. I'm still doing the day-to-day -day work, obviously, but I'm able to look at other people within that business and, and teach them the leadership skills that, that I have developed um, and that people have developed in me over the past, what, 20 years or so since I left the Air Force um, and uh, able to help and, and guide and mentor other people. As regards physically during that time, I think... Prior to that, after after my illness, I had come out of hospital and I had um, I developed my fitness up to to a really good point where I could easily go out on any day of the week, knock out a half marathon. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I would stick forty pounds on my back, run over the hills. Didn't really bother me. But when I was going through that period of reorder, um, fitness, although remaining there wasn't as high a priority for me as it had been in the past so uh, something that really really affected me was was it last maybe last year um yeah i'd entered a race uh, the snowden sky race which was a race previously um would have just been something on the calendar you know that that i knew i could com complete i tend to have some races where i use for training that i know i can complete unless unless there's a real real serious issue or and then I'll enter other races which I'm not sure I can complete and that's where the, where the growth comes but this was one of those races it was like yeah it's it was about 25k and um, there was a lot of elevation on it and um, but you know it, it I wasn't carrying any weight I was just carrying basic kit so I thought this is going to be it's going to be challenging but it's going to be something I'm definitely going to finish anyway 10k into that race um, I was done I was absolutely done. I just remember stopping, sitting down on the side of this hillside, looking down at a checkpoint, which was probably about a mile away, which I knew I had to be there for um, two o'clock. It was about 20 past one. I definitely could have made it to that checkpoint to carry on, but I decided at that point that I couldn't carry on. Um, and that I was going to get to that checkpoint and I was going to end my race there and get back to um, getting a lift home, basically. Um, that really, really did affect me because I'd, I'd gone into that race knowing that I was going to finish it unless I got injured. Um, and <clears throat> again, I think that put me into probably a, a short phase of disorder as regards my fitness, um, which I've now, uh, you know, I've, I've now built up and uh, I, we will have an episode on fitness and I'll, I'll explain exactly um, how I've done that this past year, uh, basically just through getting a process of consistency in there to be able to do that so yeah that's pretty much where I am now and, and that's a very very sort of brief overview of of what's happened in the past 
50 years of my life so it's really really quick there but these are uh, issues that will these and, and and things that will will come up so the general format of these podcasts is going to be me um looking back at my diary entries for the week and just um speaking about the things that, that i've learned through those diary entries and i've not kept a proper journal um for a long time but i have been looking at a way of doing that and i think there's certainly some value in keeping a journal. If you look at um, if you look at all these sort of ancient Stoics, if you look at people who've achieved great things, one of the things that they've got in common is that they've kept a journal and something that they can go and look back on. Um, and I've found that really, really helpful. So I've tried all different methods of doing that. Um, first method was just the basic um, having a diary and writing in that. doesn't work. I'll leave it at home. I'll forget to do it. Um, it's just not handy for me. Um, second method, I thought I'll just do it on my phone. I'll, I'll put an app on my phone and do that. Um, again, forget to do it, don't really do it. But I've found a way now, and there'll be a way that you can do this as well. And the way that I've done this now is just to have a um, a tablet with an app called Evernote on it. Um, and I've got various different notebooks on there. And I don't have to carry different notebooks around. I can do it all on this tablet. I've got it there. And it's been really, really helpful the past couple of weeks keeping my journal entries. Um, and, you know, I've looked back at those journal entries and even on a day-to-day basis, I've learned different things from those journal entries. Um, and especially this week, uh, <laughs> I, I um, made a, I, was, I was working away and we'll go through it in a minute, but I made a journal entry and I thought, wow, that's that's amazing. That's, that's real big insight there. I've, I've learned a lot from that, uh, from this this experience and, and sort of reflecting on it. Um, and I made the mistake of sharing that with somebody, somebody who was um, involved within that, my partner actually. And um, she read that in a completely different way. Um, and I realized that, ah, the, the, the learning hasn't stopped. <laughs> There's more learning to do. And, and my journal entry after that um, um, went on to, uh, to create more learnings and no doubt, um, there'll be more that will come from that and certainly more as I go on. So let's um, have a look at um, my uh, diary entries from this week. So the first entry um, was entitled Letting Go um, and things that I decided that I was going to let go of. And this podcast um, is part of that, really. So um, the thing that I, I really needed to let go of um, was worrying what other people think about me. And I thought, you know, I've already got a um, pretty successful uh, endurance sports podcast, which is very, very niche um, and deals with a, a very sort of small section of society of people who do these, um, you know, who do these races. Um, but one of my passions is is men's mental health. And, you know, I work in an industry which is um, it's primarily male-based, um, I've got about a hundred, um, over a hundred um, logistics workers who work for me in in the office and uh, out on the road, and ninety five percent of them are male, uh, and ninety five percent of the, you know, and ninety five percent of those are middle aged males, um, and you talk to them, and one of the overriding themes that you get from middle aged males now is that they've just got nobody to talk to, they've got nobody who can go, they're dealing with a lot of problems themselves. And they uh, and they and they just feel a little bit lost, and and that's one of the reasons that I want to put this podcast out there as well, and obviously raise awareness of that, raise awareness about who you can go and speak to, 
uh, and raise awareness about what organizations are out there and strategies that you can put in place for yourself as well and, and you know there are some very old-fashioned um, ideas and um, and attitudes out there as regards what men should be like so yeah so this entry was entitled letting go and the only way I can get that message out and help other people like I want to is letting go of worrying what people think about me as regards putting this podcast out. People might think, what's this guy got to say? Who is he? Um, why should I listen to him? And the, the answer is, you, you know, you probably shouldn't because everybody has got their own way of doing things. But one thing that I do have is experience. Um, and I've been through various, you know, I've been through relationship changes, job changes, um, I've I've become fairly successful. I do think I'm, you know, where I am now is 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 somewhere back in my sort of thirties. I could never have envisaged of being. So the only way I can get that message out there and help other people is letting go of what other people think of me. Um, and I think you know I've forgotten who said this now. I'm really bad at sort of looking at quotes, but I think it was one of the old Chinese philosophers basically said that depressed people live in the past anxious people live in the future and happy people live in the present as well and I think the only way that I can let go of what people think of me is just live in the present and um, do what I need to do at that moment in time again I did plan ahead for this I planned ahead all week that on Sunday and every Sunday now I will get up early in the morning and I'll put this podcast together and um, not just for you guys as well but also as a, I think as a form of therapy for myself so have a think uh, about the people that you um, have in your life at the minute and things that you maybe put on hold because you're worried about what people will really think of you. Because the stark truth is most people don't care. <laughs> most people really could not give a toss what you are doing in your day-to-day -day life because everybody is so wrapped up in their own shit. So it does not really matter at all. And the only way that you're ever going to progress is to stop worrying about what people think of you. And when I made big changes in my life uh, a couple of years ago, changed jobs, changed house, um, left a relationship, there's a lot of people I left behind um, because those people who um, really did care about the things that happened at the time or really, um, really showed to me um, what they thought of me. So I ended up with a very, very small group um, of really loyal friends who were around me um, who a lot of them came from the endurance sports world and um, you know people uh, well one guy in particular who I, I know from school um, but if I you know need a chat um, we might not speak for, for three or four months for a year for whatever we might see each other for a long time but I know that I can drop him a text and, and we'll have a chat and there's other people now including members of my own family who I probably don't speak to anymore um, they chose that you know they didn't want to that, that they had a particular way of doing things they weren't particularly open-minded they it showed to me that they weren't particularly interested in in my welfare and, and and me so do i really need those people in my life and do i really care what those people think uh, and i think you know sometimes we will look at um family and friends and think oh they've been there for a while let's let's just keep them and you wouldn't keep a pair of old shoes if the soles had gone or they had big holes in them, you would get rid of them because they, they're not looking after you anymore. Um, you know, and I think people that I've looked after in the past have certainly chosen their own way. Um, and I'm all the better for those people not being in my life. And new people have come into my life who I do cherish. And um, yeah, and letting go of that worry about what people are going to think about you in the future 
what they've thought about you in the past and, and just living with yourself in the presence. And it may be quite an unpopular concept, but being um, being a little bit selfish as well. Because that's something that you've um, all got to do. We've got to put, you know, and it, again, it's a cliche, you've got to put on your own oxygen mask before you can look after anybody else. Second entry um, was gratitude. So, yeah, um, gratitude is something that I think we all need to show for the things that we have in our life. And I put my um, diary entry of gratitude um, after last weekend. So last weekend, uh, I took part in a an event down on Dartmoor. It was run by a great group, a great group of people, um, and was to raise money for the fire service and Royal Marines charity. So it was a thirty-mile uh, march following the route of the Royal Marines' final test across Dartmoor. Um, it's carried about forty pounds, including the food and water on my back, uh, and the weather got sent twenty-nine degree temperatures down. I spent that day in the company of some amazing people, some real, real amazing people, and going across those moors. And suffering those temperatures and carrying that weight. And one of the main things that kept me going was being grateful for the fact that I can actually do these things. And there are many guys and girls out there who, through physical or mental or just circumstantial, you know, um, parts of their life, can't get out and do these things. I can. (laughs) I'm grateful every single day that I'm a 50 year old guy who's healthy whose legs work, who can get out and has the means to get down there and a group of friends who can who can carry me along for that as well. And one of the things that I now do every day, and I've not done it in my journal yet, but I think I do need to do that, is just um, think of, of one or two things every day that, that I am grateful for. And one of the main things that I'm always grateful for is my health. Um, you know, for a lot, a lot of my life, I've, I've not looked after myself. I've been a, a heavy drinker when I was in the forces. Um, and even when I came out for a little while as well, I've not probably eaten the right food. And in the past, I've not done enough exercise. But but here I am now. Um, I've taken the steps and I'm grateful for that as well. So again, sitting down and thinking about what you are grateful for. And it can just be the cup of tea in your hand. It can be the birds singing outside. The fact is you get to do that. And when I'm doing different events now or when I'm teaching somebody something new in work, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that. So whenever something is sort of getting in your way or starting to get on your nerves a little bit, just be grateful that that you get the opportunity to to do that. Um, And the last entry this week was around differences. So... (laughs) This is something, again, and it could bring that back to sort of being grateful. It is thing. It's the differences between myself and the people in my life that I am really, really grateful for now. I've spent a lot of my life um, being around people who like the same things. So, um, you know, I had a friend uh, back when I lived up north who I've uh, been to school with and probably saw him maybe once a week at one point because we both liked drinking. <laughs> and that was that was pretty much it. We chat about various different things. I think, but a lot of, um, you know, uh, we were we were the same on a lot of issues. But definitely, you know, we were we were there because we we like drinking. And those differences now, the fact that I don't drink, um, as you know, as meant that we don't see each other anymore. And um, 
uh, apart from when when maybe he wants something from me. <laughs> um, but it's the same in relationships as well. I've been in relationships um, and marriages where I've been so totally similar um, and had exactly the same attitudes towards things and liked exactly the same things as the other person. Um, and it's great um, because, you know, you, you, you just go along and you, you do the things that you want to do and you don't have to think about anything else. But the fact is, if you are just hanging around with your birds of a feather, if you like, you are not experiencing any growth there whatsoever because nobody's going to challenge your attitudes. You're within a group of people who like and think the same things as, as you do. And I think we see that in a very negative way within our society when we see a lot of you know bigotry and, and racism and intolerance. Um, and most of that comes from people just mixing with other people who like exactly the same things or have exactly the same attitudes. Nobody's ever challenged them on what they think because everybody is just the same and we're all on this little crusade together with our flags and we all just get out there and do what we want to do. Um, but, you know, and if I look at my relationship now, <clears throat> our attitudes towards life are on very, very similar in that, you know, we're tolerant, we want people to succeed, we um, want to do the right things. We have integrity. So when it looks, when we look at values, I think that's what I'm trying to say now. We're thinking about it. Is that we have the same values? We don't necessarily have the same ideas. Um, you know, so one of my sort of strong core values is integrity, and that's not just towards other people. That's towards myself as well to ensure that I'm doing the right things for me, uh, and I'm saying that I'm going to. I'm saying I'm doing what I say I'm going to do. Um, um, you know, and and empathy and 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 growth, all those basic values are the same, but our interests are very very different. There's no way ever 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 I'm going to drag my partner um, up to the top of a mountain anywhere. She's not going to do that. But the fact is, I've got a group of friends that I can do that with, and she will challenge me on on some of my ideas and she will challenge me on some of the things I want to do and what that forces me to do then is to go inside and find my why because to get anything done you've got to know why you're doing it and when you mix with people who have a different set of whys then it forces you to, to challenge your own and actually know what your why is and when you know what your why is then you can actually go out there and you can actually achieve more than you um than you thought because your why is a very very important part and a lot of people don't interrogate that uh, as much as they can and like i said you know i think this week as well i um you know i looked at um the differences that we have in our relationship and that you know my partner likes to be very comfortable when she comes home she likes to watch tv um she doesn't like the outside world as much um, and I thought a lot about it um, and, and, you know, I didn't think about it in a negative way. Um, but, you know, I thought about it in, in that sort of positive way that my ideas and my uh, mission in life really has been challenged. Has it changed? Very, very subtly. Um, but certainly my overall mission hasn't changed. But I've had to think a lot more about why I do these things. So... That is something that has, you know, allowed me to interrogate myself, like I say, and, and has 
given me growth and I think I've not explored myself as much in my entire life as I've probably done in the past sort of 18 months or so where whilst I've I've been with a new partner and, and that is something that has allowed me to to grow an awful lot what I did do then and I did mention it before was I, I shared this journal entry with my partner and when she read it through she was like oh she, it, it did not go down well um, but she thought about it again, and I think you know through that I'd challenged her uh, whys and her beliefs. Um, but what it did do for me as well was help me understand that you know something that I get excited about or some insights that I see immediately, other people don't. Um, you know, my, my journal entry on on the day after that was entitled "When to Keep Quiet." <laughs> um, and 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 so the learning continues. Um, right, so that is the end of podcast one. Uh, I hope you're still with me. Um, so we're going to explore different sort of uh, issues of um, men's um, mental health through the guise of going through my journal um, over the next however long we do this. I aim to get these podcasts out to you every um, every Sunday. So. If you have anything that you would like me to talk about or to offer my experience on, um, drop me a message and I will get that out there. But until next time, thank you very much.